The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio, where we welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. You know, on the show this week, we're talking about estate planning with your pet in mind. If you consider your pet as part of your family, seek out a lawyer like Eric Skuvwala, who can offer some practical legal and financial advice. That's coming up in segment four. So you're going to want to stick around for that. And in segment three, our discussion focuses on pets in the workplace. Take your pet to work week starts on June 17th to June 21st. More and more frequently, employers and employees are discovering that pets at the workplace make them happier, have lower stress levels, and create a comfortable, flexible environment. Pets can create camaraderie within the workplace and kind of trigger interactions that may not have happened without them. And that's why this June, the American Heart Association is rallying to bring your pet to work for Best Friends Fridays to help fetch funds for heart research. And dogs are the new stars of the American Ninja Warrior. Love that show. Learn what challenges they faced in one of America's favorite TV shows. And for pet owners, one of their biggest challenges is cutting their pet's nails. What a comparison. Ninja Warrior to nails. Mm-hmm. The toenails. Find out more in my Flex Facts, all in segment two. And in segment one, well, let's kick off the show with current news that will have a financial impact on your wallet and your pet. Last Friday, the United States increased its tariffs on $200 billion in Chinese goods to 25% from 10%, rattling financial markets that were already worried about the 10-month trade war between the world's two largest economies. Some of these consumer goods included in the trade war are pet products. So joining us today to talk about how this recent tariff increase will affect pet businesses and pet owners is Mary Lovely, professor of economics at Syracuse University. She is the Maxwell Professor of Teaching Excellence and a Melvin A. Eggers Economics Faculty Scholar. And equally as important, Dr. Lovely is the owner of One Dog and One Cat. Dr. Lovely, thank you so much for joining us today on the Pet Buzz. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here with you in Charlotte. Well, Dr. Lovely, why is it so important for consumers to understand the economics of the goods they buy? Well, you know, generally we don't want to think hard about the economics of the goods that we buy. We just want to go to the store and pick the best product at the best price. Right now, however, we're seeing a a whole set of tariffs being levied on imports into the United States. And also, we're seeing retaliation on our exports from other countries um, who are upset that we're putting these taxes on, on goods from their countries. So this means that the prices of goods are going to go up, are already going up inside the United States, uh, and that our exporters will have more trouble selling their goods abroad. 
and that includes a lot of uh, items that affect our pets. So how is this sudden tariff increase going to affect U.S. businesses, especially the small businesses like pet product manufacturers who we know have limited resources to mitigate the impact? Well, it's going to affect a variety of businesses that are in the sort of broad category of of pet market. So first of all, let's think about our, our manufacturers, our food manufacturers. They get inputs from other countries, an important source of vitamins that go into pet food uh, for example, come from China. We've seen President Trump has raised tariffs on those imports of those vitamins. So that will be a cost that either they have to absorb themselves uh, and decrease what is probably an already small profit margin, or they have to pass it on to their consumers. But it will also hit a lot of shops that are just retail stores because they'll see higher prices. So, for example, I shop at a natural pet store. It's run by a very nice woman, and she's already seeing the price of goods that she imports through a wholesaler from China, such as toys, leashes, cages, gates, etc. And this is going to hurt her, and it's going to hurt her customers. Especially around Christmas time when so many people, and as well as Christmas in the fall when so many people are buying more leashes, jackets, and clothes for their pets to keep them warm in the wintertime. Um, you know, one of the things that I was thinking of um is that the fact of the matter is a lot of pet manufacturers who do manufacture other items, other goods other than food, really can't shut off the spigot. I mean, they they can't or haven't already done research to go to, to go somewhere else. Like they haven't done research to go to India or Malaysia or uh, or Vietnam. So um, it, it or other South American countries. So I think it also. It makes it really different because now people are trying to like mix up their game plan and that can be expensive. Whether you hire someone to help you create a game plan or you have to travel to those countries and find those factories that do that work. Is that correct? You know, Charlotte, that's actually very insightful. If we go back in the history of tariffs, we see that it was always the big companies who benefited from protection. Uh, they're the ones that are best able to have market power and, and, are able to have higher profit margins. They're the ones who are able to take advantage of alternative supply chains. Small companies really are at the mercy of wholesalers or or other links in the supply chain to uh, get the inputs that they need, say, to manufacture foods, as in the case of vitamins. Or for our pet store owners, uh, they are just trying to get good products at the lowest cost for their consumers. They don't have the wherewithal to you know, do a lot of adjustment going over to Thailand or to Vietnam and to look for whatever small companies there are there that are starting to create these products. Now, a lot of people might say, well, do you really need pet toys? But you know what? Pet toys are fun. I work hard <laughs> for my money. I like to spend my money in the, spoken in the way that like I choose. A, spoken That's like a true I, pet owner, Dr. Yes, Lovely. I enjoy being an American because I get to make these choices myself. <laughs> This is my choice, and this is going to hurt not just me, but the woman who owns the natural pet store in my town where I usually go and buy my supplies. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, her livelihood is going to be massively affected. I was going to say, well, if you've just joined us, we're speaking with Mary Lovely, economics professor at Syracuse University. You know, I, I was thinking about other ways how uh, these tariffs will hit consumers. And a lot of, you know, we're talking about how great the economy is. But once these tariffs go up, is the economy going to be looked at as so good since we're spending more money? 
for goods that we normally buy, including pet products? Well, it's a very important question, and it's one certainly that the Federal Reserve is thinking about watching carefully because, you know, one of their mandates is to keep the economy moving along, keeping unemployment low, keeping the economy growing. So there are people who are just now coming back into full-time work. People are starting to see a little bit of wage increases, and to see this recovery put in jeopardy now, I think, is very sad. So people are worried about the uncertainty that these tariffs and tariff conflicts create and what that means in terms of business confidence and business investment in the United States and, as a result, job creation. That's really the more important concern. It's one reason why business confidence can really be affected because it leaves this impression that really there's someone at the wheel who doesn't understand which direction the car is headed in, and that's a problem. I think we should just leave it on that point. I mean, I think that was a perfect way to end the interview. I mean, you know. Dr. Lovely, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. (laughs) It was nice to be with you. We have enjoyed having you on the Pet Buzz with us today. Great interview. That was Dr. Mary Lovely, a non-resident senior fellow at the Peterson Institute, who is a professor of economics at Syracuse University, where she combines interest in international economics and Chinese development. For more information, you can uh, visit PIIE.com. You're going to want to stick around because a little later in the show, I'm talking about agritourism and animal abuse in the global pet news section of the show. And we'll also be chatting with attorney Ara Skruwala about how to protect your pet after your death. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter where our family adopted Lucy, a 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier. Thanks, EpiPet. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just visit epi-pet.com. That's epi-pet.com. My name is Michelle Schaefer. I'm the mom of three boys, and I'm from Haddonfield and North Wildwood, New Jersey. I met Aladdin through my work with Lilo's Promise Animal Rescue, and I foster the emaciated dogs that come into our program. Aladdin came to us. He had been dumped at the side of the road. He weighed about 18 pounds. He had broken bones, other wounds, and he was missing 12 teeth. He was the worst abuse case I had ever seen. The most moving experience that I've had while working with Aladdin were when we were first responders at the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida. And Aladdin usually works off leash. He was on leash that night 
and he led me over to a very specific person. And here, that man had been in the nightclub the night of the shootings. He and Aladdin shared a very special moment that really made me cry. Aladdin has changed the way I see the world in a million different ways. The main thing is to treat people with kindness and compassion. My name is Michelle Schaefer, and Aladdin and I are individuals. Well, thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. This show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm pet Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian, Dr. Michael Fleck. You know, Doc and I love to give you the celebrity scoop. So now it's time for Celebrity Pet News. Dogs were the new stars on American Ninja Warrior when the producers of The Secret Life of Pets teamed up with American Ninja Warrior. Fans of the show got to see four-legged competitors kick some kick butt. butt. Mm-hmm. Well, to celebrate, a doggy warp wall was erected. We put up the video on our social media channel so that you can see the determined pooches do their best to reach the top. But Doc and I especially enjoyed one champion who used his brain to get to the top. You're going to check out the video, and you're going to know why. So let's move on. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! It's going to take long. You got the time. What are we talking about today? Maintaining toenails. Dog nail care includes trimming and filing nails, and it's essential to your pup's health and well-being. So tell us, Dr. Fleck, why is a dog's nail care key to dog's good health? Well, general health care for not only your pet, but also for people, which we'll go into a little bit later. But visualize this. If you wore high heels 24 hours a day, but in reverse to what they are now, if the high heel was on the front and the heel was on the back, that doesn't make any sense, does it? Just think how many of the of the ladies are having problems with their ankles, having problems with their knees because of the disorientation of the way that they normally should be planting themselves. So first of all, you want to talk about soreness of the ankles. The second thing that you want to talk about, and of course, you know it's there because you hear the clattering on the floor, click, click, click. So you know that they're too long. So also think in terms of if they're too long and they're outside and they're in the bushes, they can catch that nail on something. So it sounds basically to me like a dog's posture, pain could be painful, safety and his gait are going to be affected. And a long term for osteoarthritis. Think about that. Okay. So let's move on. So why are pet owners so afraid to trim nails? They're afraid to trim nails because they think with their past experiences, they've trimmed it too short and they get bleeding, and they can't control the bleeding or the hemorrhage that exists. So that's why, if they don't want to do it, they still have to have it done on a regular basis. So the best thing to do is to either go to a groomer and have it done or go to the veterinary office and have it done. That way they won't have problems with bleeding. And if the veterinarian or the groomer does cut it too short, they have the abilities 
with with product to stop the bleeding. Well, I think one of the reasons pet owners are so afraid to trim nails is because it's easy to see the quick in a white nail. The quick is the blood supply. Where in a black nail, you can't see that quick. So owners, I think, if the pet's moving, they're holding something sharp, and I think they're afraid um, to do it. I think you're right. They're okay. afraid to do it too. So let's talk about how nail care for pets can affect humans. Real obvious. All I have to do is sit in the office and watch the elderly in particular come in with their pets that are holding them, whether it's a cat or a dog. And the dog gets excited and they start scratching. And then all of a sudden you see the bleeding and the sores that come from their arms because the pet nail is scratching them so hard. So it's important to keep those nails for the elderly who are on blood pressure. They're on blood thinners other cardiac medication maybe, but the, and the skin, of course, thins, thins some as they're aging. So we want to make sure that the nail is not only cut, but also we want to make sure that it's not sharp after the cut. And that's why I always recommend filing them down. Great. So last question, we have 30 seconds. Is it a good idea to ask your veterinarian at your annual exam to show you how to trim dog or cat's nails? Well, knowing how dangerous it can be for the dog and how dangerous it can be for yourself, absolutely show them so that they can at least attempt to do it themselves. And if not, make sure you set them up with a regular visit, either to the groomer or to the veterinarian to have the nail care taken care of. Yeah, I think the other thing that we want to emphasize is you want to use the correct clippers. Cats have their own clippers. They look like little scissors, but you don't want to use human scissors. You want to use cat clippers. And dogs, you can have small, a guillotine style, or more like a plier style. And you're also going to need some styptic. You know, by cutting your pet's nails, obviously you're contributing to good health, but you're also going to save a little bit of money, right? Going to definitely save money if you can do it yourself. Well, thanks, Dr. Fleck, for another interesting Flex Facts. You know, I always like to give a shout out of products that I discover that I think are beneficial to pet owners. So it's time for my I Likey of the Week. It's genius. It's to die for. I like it. Comcast recently released new survey results about a product feature that responds to Americans increasing obsession with watching their pets on security cameras while away from home. I got to admit, I do it too. So according to the nationwide study of pet owners, nearly half, that's 44% of those surveyed check in on their pets four times a day or more. You know, who? what are these people working? <laughs> nearly two in five, that's 38%, take a peek at their pets during work. And 94% say checking in on their pets is one of the best parts of the day. I just do it because I want to see what they're, what they're doing. I don't think it's necessarily the best part of my day, but to make it easier, infinity customers can keep tabs on their pets because Comcast has launched a new pet filter feature on its Xfinity camera. The filter uses artificial intelligence. That's AI to quickly sort through hours of footage to identify those with pets versus those that are don't have pets. And really, you can see them in more than 100 motion triggered video clips 
on a typical camera that can only generate a few each day. Xfinity Internet or Internet Home customers can purchase the high-def Xfinity camera and opt in for continuous video recording, which provides access up to 7 to 10 hours of video history, which I think is pretty cool. The continuous video recording services uses artificial intelligence to zoom in on activity and create a smart thumbnail image of the pet or a vehicle or a person. So that means it's an indoor and an outdoor camera, which makes it easier to review later on. As a result, users can spend less time searching through raw footage and more time watching relevant pet-friendly clips. Okay, still to come on the Pet Buzz is global pet news about the animal abuse exposed in Indiana at Fair Oaks Farms, the largest dairy producer in the country. And up next in segment three, we're going to be talking about Best Friends Friday, a new initiative of the American Heart Association. listening to the pet buzz with pet trendologist charlotte reed and veterinarian dr michael fleck we love to communicate with you via social media use the pet buzz social media channels on twitter and facebook to make a comment or ask a question post a picture of your pet on instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality you can also write to us at team at the for more information about our show our guests and our buzzworthy freebies visit us at the Often should you bathe your pet? Well, I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed, and I'm asked that question often. How often you should wash your dog depends on a number of factors, including his health, breed, coat, and activity level, as well as where these activities are taking place. Dogs who spend days outside rolling in things are going to need a bath far more often than the ones who spend most of their time on the couch. Or you can always take the smell test. If your dog walks into the room and you can smell them, it's time for a bath. Make sure when it's time for a bath, you gather up all the supplies, including a non-slip mat and plenty of towels. Use shampoo formulated for dogs and turn your cell phone off to avoid distraction. And if you have a dog that hates getting a bath, smear some peanut butter on the bathtub wall and let him lick it off while you bathe him. Then he'll know bathing can really be a treat. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. This June, the American Heart Association, the world's leading volunteer organization focused on heart and brain health, is launching, check this out, Best Friend Fridays, an initiative that celebrates happy minds and healthy hearts, one pet parent at a time. Joining us today to talk about Best Friends Friday is Dr. Glenn Levine. Dr. Levine is a master clinician and professor of medicine at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas. He is recognized internationally for his teaching, lecturing, and educational abilities, and for his expertise in cardiovascular disease. He is also the American Heart Association Pet Science Advisor. Dr. Levine, we are pleased to welcome you to the Pet Buzz. Great. Well, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So what is your research revealed about pet companionship as well as taking your pets to work? Well, what our research revealed is that 
uh, there seems to be a clear association between owning a pet and better health, uh, both mental health and physical health, and particularly cardiovascular health. People who own dogs have less stress. They tend to be uh, happier people. They tend to be in better physical shape, probably because they walk the dogs more. And they seem to have lower risks of heart disease and many of the factors that contribute to heart disease. Pretty interesting. It is. Now, what about bringing your pets to the workplace? Well, that's something we at the American Heart Association are encouraging, particularly the Best Friend Fridays program. And really the purpose of that is to bring attention to the fact that pets can be beneficial to your health. And this is one excellent way to do this and to bring awareness of this benefit and awareness of the interest the American Heart Association has with pet ownership and promoting it. Yeah, and I think it's great because a lot of studies have shown if you bring your pets to the workplace, you are have less stress. And believe it or not, you're more productive. And in these days, with all these millennials, we, they should bring tons of dogs to the office <laughs> so they can be more productive. You know, now they have these lounges and sleep places. Mm-hmm. But if they can bring their pets, I think that's great. Well, if you've just joined us, we're speaking with the world-famous Dr. Glenn Levine, a cardiovascular expert. So let's talk a little bit about the campaign Best Friends Friday and how you can get your employer uh, on board for this program. What we're encouraging people to do is to speak with their employers and see if it is practical and they're willing to have this program where people can bring their pets to work. Uh, When people think of pets, it's most commonly dogs, but that doesn't preclude other pets. And what we're hopeful of is that many employers and many jobs and programs uh, will go along with this because we think it both benefits the people who bring the pets to work It probably benefits the whole work environment. And again, I think it brings attention to cardiovascular and mental health. That's great. Yeah, that's that's really important. Once our pets are in the office, how can we promote the Best Friends Friday campaign once they're there? What we would ask people to do is to really spread the word and spread the word among different employers. And what we're hoping to do, again, is that more and more companies and employers will participate in this Best Friend Fridays campaign. And the way you can can promote it is, again, by speaking with your colleagues, speaking with friends, speaking with family members, and speaking with business employers. You know, I was thinking about taking some pet selfies <laughs> with my pet on Friday. I mean, back in the day when I worked on Wall Street, when I was an attorney on Wall Street, we used to have dress down Fridays. You doctors, you've got to wear scrubs all the time. And I'm sure you do, Dr. Levine, because you're always doing surgery. And- but uh, I would think taking a selfie would be a great thing. Yeah, a selfie is a great thing. It's actually something we uh, encourage people to do, and we encourage people to go to the Best Friend Fridays website where they can actually post the pictures of their selfies. Well, you know, I'm a vet. I get to bring my pets with me all the time. What about you for good that Friday? Well, we have three <laughs> adopted pets, and I've had pets my whole life. So my dogs are really 24-7 with us. I actually work in a very large hospital uh, where, for practical reasons, it's just not possible for everyone to bring their dogs in. But at our hospital, as you alluded to, there are plenty of service dogs uh, walking around the hallways. 
so you can get your dose of four-legged, yeah. uh, four-legged love. <laughs> but you know, it's really interesting because uh, I think one of the good things that you can do, and we talked about this when we were at the Kentucky Derby, as you walked around the grounds of Churchill Downs, they had all of those great selfie stations. Mm-hmm. So I think if you do do this, you can do a big heart and like you and the dog could be in the heart. So that's a great way. And then of course you have to put in the hashtag best friends Friday. So people know that you're supporting the American heart association. Okay. Well, some companies like Google and Amazon allow dogs at the office. And you know, the great thing about those companies is, well, they have big indoor and outdoor dog parks. Uh, one of the perks of also the free food. But if your company is not large enough, how can office employees promote healthy hearts. Well, if it's not a big company, I think it is still possible and probably even easier to have Best Friend Fridays where people can bring their dogs to work. But we would encourage people to pursue this, but also if people have other questions to go to the website, Best Friend Fridays, where the American Heart Association has much more details on how you can participate in the program. Yeah. And you know, the other thing is, I I remember I worked with a company in Atlanta they had a dog park area, but everybody used to go for long dog walks at lunchtime. I thought that was cool. Like they had their own meetup group, like in the office, because they worked in different parts of the office. So they went out to the parking lot and walked around the campus of the office park. I thought that was pretty cool. They got a little exercise in. Sounds like good heart got a little, people. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Got good a little socialization health. in. Okay, so one of the great things about this initiative is not only the fun with your dog, but raising money, correct? Right. We would, again, encourage people to go to the Best Friend Friday's website and certainly encourage people to donate to the American Heart Association, where the funds will be used to continue research on preventing and treating heart disease. Wow. I think it's great. You know, can donate $10, $5, I think you should also tag Best Friends Friday and, you know, make sure that you send your picture so that the American Heart Association can see that you're out there. Hey, dress in red. I think that would be great. Dressing in red would be great, and as you know, that's the uh, program we have long promoted to make people more aware of heart disease in women. Well, Dr. Levine? Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much. My pleasure. What great information, and we want to get healthy pets and healthy hearts. Exactly. That was Dr. Glenn Levine, the American Heart Association Pet Science Advisor, discussing Best Friends Friday campaign, which promotes healthy hearts for working pet lovers. Okay, so let's move on with some global news. And now, Pet Buzz news from around the globe. Well, I'm sorry to report this next story. It's really kept me up for the last few nights. And the story is about Fair Oaks Farms. And it's located in northwest Indiana. And it's a place where you really, that encourage you to discover modern agriculture, dine on farm fresh restaurants and unwind in the countryside with the entire family. The company has three main attractions, the dairy adventure, the pig adventure, and the crop adventure, along with a hotel, three restaurants, and a you picket orchard. But last week destroyed that image. Last week, a video was released by Animal Recovery Mission, ARM, shows extreme animal abuse and drug use by employees at Fair Oaks Farms. So I'm going to post this ARM video on our social media channels. And once you watch it, once you watch that video, I want to ask you to use your social media influence 
to ask sellers of Fair Oaks Farms products like Kroger, Publix, Walmart, Target, and Coca-Cola to stop carrying their products because animal abuse cannot be tolerated by consumers for any of the products they buy. Now, this is my own opinion, but I'm, I'm, I'm really, really strong about this. We're going to keep you posted about this story in the weeks to come. So please, it's really unpleasant to watch that four minute and 26 second video, but I'm begging you to watch it and do something about it. Tell a friend, tell a stranger. I told a stranger last night in the supermarket about that video. I talked to the manager in my store and asked him if his milk came from Fair Oaks Farms. I encourage you to share that video with your friends. And let those companies that we buy from, that you buy from as a loving pet owner, to not condone animal abuse. Warmer temperatures mean more time outside. You have sunscreen for yourself, but what about Fido? According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. I love two things, sports and my dog, Chester. Where I go, he goes. To the beach, to play soccer, everywhere. We spend a lot of time together in the sun, so I always carry a can of EpiPet sunscreen. So Chester is protected from the sun's harmful UV rays. I just spray it on and I don't have to worry. Chester is protected, so I know my sports buddies can be with me for a long time. Thanks, EpiPet. Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Visit epi-pet.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And now many pet owners fail to account for their pets and their estate plans, including your pet and an estate plan can help you ensure that they will receive the care they need for the rest of their lives and can give pet owners like me some peace of mind. Joining us today to talk about estate planning with your pets in mind is Eric Scruvala of Scruvala LLC estate planning attorneys. Eric has been in practice for about 20 years with a goal of providing comprehensive, easy-to-understand counsel to individuals and families who want to have the peace of mind that they have done all they can to protect their loved ones, including their four-legged family members. Eric, thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz today. Oh, thank you for having me. So why is it important to plan your estate with your pet in mind? Well, the biggest issue with pets is that uh, the law recognizes them as personal property. So think about a car or a fine piece of china. The law treats your pet the same way. And so without a plan in place, unfortunately, what happens to a lot of pets is they end up in shelters. Humane Society estimates that somewhere between 100 to 500,000 pets a year end up in shelters because there's been no plan put in place for them. And that's really an unfortunate thing, and it's an easily avoidable thing. Wow. Wow. That's a lot. of that's a huge number. Yeah. yeah. It is a huge number. It's a huge number. You know, it, uh, unfortunately, you know, humans are not very good at estate planning for themselves. Uh, there's a lot of fear around it, which there really shouldn't be. And so the unfortunate thing is most people don't even make their own plans. 
Um, because I don't recognize that estate planning isn't really about you. It's about your loved ones and the people you leave behind. So creating a plan is really a gift for them. And if you have a pet, it's a gift for your pet, too, to ensure that they're going to be taken care of and, and have the life that you would like them to have if you're not able to be there to give it to them. That's really an interesting perspective. So I wanted to know, uh, what are the pros and cons of outlining a plan for your pet and your will? Because I would think that was the basic instrument that people use to make those provisions. Certainly, having something in your will at least allows you to designate an individual to have your pet when you pass away. And so that's better, obviously, than having nothing. But there are some limitations to having a will. The first and most important of which is the fact that a will actually has no legal value until you're deceased. So, and we have this issue with children as well as with pets. Suppose you're in a situation where you're disabled. You can't care for the pet. You're still alive. Your will can't do anything to help the pet out. And that's a, that's a big problem. It creates a hole in terms of being able to care for a pet when you're not able to. The second big issue is that wills have to go through a process called probate. Probate's a legal proceeding. I like to say it's a lawsuit you file against yourself with your own money so your creditors can all get paid. And so the downside of this is suppose you leave some money aside for a friend or a family member that's specifically there to take care of your pet. They may not see that money for several months if not a year or more. And so there is the situation created where uh, they ha- may have to go out of pocket to care for your pet. There may be issues getting the pet to that person or they don't want the pet in a situation where then they don't have funds to care for it. The other issue that comes up with, with uh, using a will uh, is that you're very limited in what you can do. So you can bequeath your pet to an individual but you can't really set aside other instructions for how the pet should be cared for, which pet that should be used, if you want to designate a specific kind of food that you would like the pet to have. Those kinds of provisions aren't really going to have any effect on a will. Very interesting. So what are the advantages of a pet trust? Well, a pet trust, just like with a human trust, the biggest benefit is that it avoids the probate process entirely. You don't have a judge overseeing the process. Everything can be handled in an attorney's office. Very simply, you have a trustee that is named to care for a pet. Now, and this is actually relatively new, it was only about three to four years ago. Now, all 50 states have statutory language recognizing trust in the name of a pet. And that never had been the case before. Interesting. Um, So you can actually have a trust set up in the name of your pet with money set aside to care for the pet naming an individual who would oversee the trust for the benefit of the pet. And that's a that's a new thing, and it creates a really wonderful opportunity to really make sure that your pet is cared for the way you want. That's amazing. Well, if you've just joined us, estate planning attorney Erich Skrivala is speaking with us about estate planning and pets. Erich, you've had to deal with some extreme requests and provisions over the years for pets. Can you discuss a few of those so we can get an idea of uh, what interesting and unique pet owners are doing these days? So one of the jobs that I have is capturing all the assets that people have. And sometimes these assets can be rather unusual and people don't always think about it. So I had a client who had a had a dog and had had a custom-made diamond-encrusted walking collar for the dog. Hmm. An extremely, extremely expensive collar. 
And so that was something we had to specifically address in the estate plan considering its value. Now, that individual actually wanted that collie to be buried with the dog, which his uh, family members were none too pleased about considering its value. But that's certainly one issue that comes to mind. There is another trust I set up for a pet who will presumably by the time it passes have seen every continent in the world. You got some rich clients. <laughs> and and one uh, one last uh, example I'll give is an owner who had a very extensive wardrobe uh, for her cat and wanted a photo book placed at her gravesite every year with photos of the cat in various <laughs> uh, wardrobe outfits. So. But, you know, really, I think the point we want to make is estate planning doesn't have to be for those people who are wealthy. It could be for people who have less, correct? That is correct. And whatever you have, there is a way to create a plan that cares for your pet in the way you want. Not all pets are going to, you know, fly private jets all over the world. But certainly, you know, if you create a relationship with a veterinarian, if you have a, a very specific kind of, uh, you know, food you want your pet to eat, we can address that in, a, in an estate plan. Hey, you know, our listeners are probably wondering if the necklace was buried with the uh, individual, was it? No, with the dog. The dog outlived this owner. Ah. So it was buried with the dog. Well, well that's interesting. That, that actually brings me up to another important question that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, recently a healthy dog was put to death in Virginia at the bequest of its owner who made the request yes. in her will. As an estate planning lawyer, how do you deal with that? The issue of burial, when it comes to humans and pets, is a very tricky one. It has cultural significance that goes back centuries and centuries. There's a lot of religious significance around it. There's no, you know, there's no environmental reason or medical reason or sanitary reason why pets and owners can't be placed in the same plot. But relatively few states will allow it. And in fact, Virginia, where this case occurred, they actually don't allow humans and pets to be interred in the same location. Now, there's a loophole in a lot of these jurisdictions. If you have a private cemetery or a religious cemetery, they're often exempt from state laws. In Virginia, if you have a crypt, like, you know, like in like in Louisiana, New Orleans, you can I think you can bury your pet with you. That's what I thought. You can, as long as it's not a commercial uh, commercial plot subject to state law. State law prohibits it. Okay. Um, but again, there, there are these opportunities for those things to occur. Hey, can you provide us with the most important estate planning tip? The most important thing is to, is to find the right person. Because, listen, you know, the law does create fiduciary obligations, but pets can't talk. And until they do, you need to be sure that the person you've selected is going to honor those wishes that you've worked so hard to create and to give the pet the life that you want. Eric, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great having you. That was Eric Scruvala, a New York estate planning lawyer discussing planning for your pet after you're deceased. Well, that's the signal letting us know it's time to wrap the show. But before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. Do you mind, Dr. Fleck? Next week, we are providing you with a special Pet Buzz program about emergency preparedness and disaster planning. And before we go, Dr. Fleck... Can you thank our guests? Special thanks to our guests, Dr. Mary Lovely, Dr. Glenn Levine, and Eric Skruvala. 
And we also want to thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. If you have any questions, just write us at team at petbuzz.com. We'll cover it on our next show. Just so you know, you can follow along on our social media channels as the show airs. And if you missed any portion of this show, visit the Pet Buzz website, our social media channels, as well as podcast outlets that carry the show, like Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, SoundCloud, so that you can listen to the current linked podcast. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pet. Peace out, pet love. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy. So I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple and it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. (laughs) I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com.